Let's take a look at the waiver wire in fantasy basketball. Who has been added? Was it correct? Who's been dropped? Was it correct? Who should you add? Who should you drop? All of those things. It's a mishmash of the words adds, drops, waiver wires. all coming up. Michael Bolton, are you confused? Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and Nerdcore is rapping about things that you love. Video games, science fiction, having a hard time meeting romantic partners. It's really catchy and fun. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com, and you can find me on Twitter, as always, at redrock underscore b-ball, on TikTok, at redrock underscore b-ball, and on Instagram, at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA, use the code all lowercase LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free, and we are available on all platforms. Go ahead and give this uh, a thumbs up. I know you already have, but just check in case you missed it. Hit the thumb, hit the subscribe, hit the bell, double bang. So that means listen audio and watch the video. And of course, there is a live trade deadline show, Thursday, February 8, 1 p.m. Eastern. Let's pre-bang that up to 1,500 likes. It's a big ask, but I reckon we can do it. And we want as many people in there as possible as we break down all the action that happens on the NBA trade deadline. We're here to talk waiver wire across the uh, fantasy basketball landscape. So we might as well get straight into that by just starting off by telling you guys that are must-roster players. What do I mean by must-roster? Well, we are just trying to narrow it down. I'm talking about guys who are available in 40% plus of leagues, who I think are top 100 players for the next two and a half to three weeks at least, around that time. Guys that, again, it's not about can you last till April, giggity, can you last until March, can you last until the All-Star break? Like, who do I need to get now to have on my roster, to get the value in, and then we'll see where it goes later on. That's how we're approaching must roster at this point of the season. And you won't be surprised to see the first name on this list is Paul Reed. This is just an absolute no-brainer. I don't know how long Joel Embiid is going to be out. I've got no idea. It also doesn't really matter to me. If he misses a game or two games, look, he's going to miss a game. Right? He's, he's going to miss tomorrow's game. I guarantee you. He's going to miss this week. I'm pretty sure about that. He might miss two. He might miss three. I don't know. But you go and add Paul Reed, and there'll be people out there go, why would I add Reed? What's been good about him? Well, why is he plays 26 minutes a night? Okay, he averaged 12 and 7, 2 assists, 1.2 steals, 1.3 blocks, 57% shooting. So if you can find a guy that, I would say that's almost minimum value for him, honestly, that they might play 27 minutes a night. They might play 24, but just a top 100 player sitting there. Why would you leave it? Yes, he's not going to score 20 a night. I know this. But he does it across all these other areas. And there'll be nights where he gets in foul trouble. There'll be nights when it's frustrating. Without any question, that'll happen. But it doesn't matter. You don't worry about it. You just add him and you deal with it. And you understand that the process is correct here to add him. And <clears throat> you'll be up and down in terms of games. That'll happen. He's not a superstar. That's not what he is. He's just a must roster player. I think, it, I think it's really simple. But, you know, it might not work out. I'm sure it will. Josh Hart is on this list. Obviously, Dante DiVincenzo would be on this list, but he's already up to 64%. Uh, 
Hopefully you grab these guys. Well, DiVincenzo could have been grabbed a few weeks ago, but hopefully you grabbed hard as soon as Julius Randle went down. He's still 60% rostered only. He's just a very clear must-roster player across all category league formats. I've got Alex Caruso on there because he's still only sitting at 60%. Yes, he shot poorly yesterday, but it doesn't matter. He's just a must-roster again across every category format. Uh, should we do it again, Nick Richards? Yeah, I know some people have added him, but what are we waiting for? This just needs to be 70%. Like, it just needs to be way higher. Come on. Uh, Aaron Neesmith, love what he's doing at the moment. I have a little skepticism about what that what that looks like when we get um, we get the whole team playing. So, because yeah, Matherin was out last game. TJ was out. He pushed up into big minutes. He's shooting well, but yeah, he should be rostered. And the same with Jeremy Sohan again. Sohan's last game was bad. That's cool. Whatever. He should be rostered. And we don't need to be super reactive to guys who have strung together seven, eight, nine, ten good games in a row. They have one bad one. We go, done. And you'll see that when we talk about some of the most dropped players later on, some of the more um, uh, overreactive uh, urges that some people may have had. But I think that's a relatively clear list. And if any of those six players are sitting out there on your waiver wire in a category league, they just shouldn't be. The list is pretty similar for a points league, to be honest. Paul Reed, Josh Hart, Sohan Richards, Aaron Neesmith. Michael Fultz pushes up there. I think you do want Fultz in a category league as well but he's got a little bit more value in a points league. The worry with him, I guess, is maybe the minutes fluctuate. Maybe this John Isaac scenario um, annoys us and he plays 20 minutes one game and that pushes Fultz down a little bit. I, I don't even know. I, I'm not going to talk about Isaac in this show, to be honest. Probably should have put him at the end in the uh, other names list, but I'll talk about him now. I just don't think that he need, needs to be rostered at this point. He's, in the past, been this excellent permanent player. He's not quite that guy this season even though his minutes are pushing up. We keep a close eye on it, and it is a nice deeper league uh, ad for John Isaac, but I don't think that he has to be a must-roster player, especially after that eight-minute back-to-back shenanigans from last game, meaning to me that he's still not really right, and there's no clear path to 25-plus a night for him. So I don't think that he's a must-add player, John Isaac. He's a nice deeper league guy, a nice stream player. Um, but there is an impact that he could have on Fultz and, and have on Jalen Suggs, but I still think that Markel is someone we want on a uh, on a 12-team roster. So I've got him there on that points list, but I think he works for both. In fact, the, the six names that we had, even Caruso, who's a little bit down in a points league roster, you notice he's not on this must roster points, but he was on the category one. I think Caruso does need to be rostered in a points league. He's just lower priority than the Reed Hart, Sohan, Richards, Fultz, and Neesmith sextet. What a good word sextet is. Um, all right, let's talk about players that are droppable. Get that garbage out of here. Do we need an explanation? We better, because someone might be watching for the first time. Welcome. Good to see you guys. If you are here for the first time, no, I didn't paint those behind me. Yes, I'm from Australia. No, I'm not British. Um, and we're talking fantasy basketball. So who are we dropping? What are we talking about droppable players? You, do you have to drop them? Absolutely not. No, you don't. These are just guys that they're sitting on your roster and you're looking and they're there and you go, huh, who did, can I, should I, should I drop this guy to get Paul Reed? Like, yes. They are guys that, it might be, they might not be better. They might be better later on. But I would calculate the risk of suggesting that it's going to hurt you significantly by moving on from those guys is pretty low. And that's a lot of what we do in fantasy basketball. It's about taking the calculated risk. And guess what? Nothing's 100% certain. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So I can tell you now that I think Spencer Dinwiddie is a very clear drop. Or, again, a very clear guy that if he's on my roster, I'm going, do I actually, do I need to? And when you start having those, it's like when NBA executives are thinking about coaches or general managers. And like, yeah, is he, is he actually the guy? Eh, should we just, want, look, then you're done. Then he's gone. Move on. Shout out to Tom Gores and Troy Weaver. 
Anyway, so if Dinwiddie's on your roster, like in a category league, do you need to hold him? No. He's a poor category league producer. I was going to say Ben Simmons is back because he is, but he's also not because now he's questionable with that knee injury. Oh my God. It's just, I feel so, I, I do honestly, as much as Ben Simmons isn't actually liked in this country and I'm not, I'm not one of those guys who have got to support the Aussies, mate. You're very strange. I don't do that at all. I still feel sorry for him that he's been injured as much as he has. I, I, I do. And come back one game, play well, and then hurt your knee. Hopefully he's okay. Anyway, didn't we? Don't think you need to hold him. Bob Portis, similarly. Portis will have the occasional 18 and 12 game. There's a lot of like nine and sixes with zeros everywhere with bad free throws at times from him as well that just don't make him a must hold. I've got Dennis Schroeder on this list at the moment. For Schroeder, there are just a lot of guys out in Toronto. It's Quickly, it's Barrett. To a lesser extent, it's Pirtle. And Schroeder's minutes are up and they're good. But when Quickly and Barrett play, this man plays 23 minutes a night and that's just not going to be worth it. So sometimes, again, when we make moves, whether it's trades or ads or drops, sometimes we have to make a preemptive move. So if I had Dennis Schroeder on my team and I said, like, Paul Reed's sitting there, go, but Schroeder's actually been good and Barrett and Quickly, I, I don't care. I might miss one or two good games here from Schroeder and maybe Barrett and Quickly are out for two months and I don't know about it. And that would be where that situation goes wrong. But you can't paralyze yourself on those decisions. So I'd be okay to move on from Schroeder in a situation where maybe he starts one more game, but then after that, he goes down to 23 minutes where I can add someone like Reed, who again, there's a lot of variables. Maybe he starts two games. And was that worth it? I don't know, but I take that risk. I'm going to mention Paul Reed's name a lot. I've got Keldon Johnson on this list. Keldon's last game was really good. The horse, he was pretty strong coming off the bench, but let's be honest, he hasn't been nearly all season. And his minutes had been trending down. He's got a poor fantasy profile for category leagues. For points leagues, he's better because what he does is score. The problem is he doesn't do enough of anything else. And he's been losing minutes on a team that's bad, which is a terrible sign to begin with. Efficiency's been down as well. Again, can you roster him? Of course, absolutely you can. He might fit your team perfectly. If I saw Keldon Johnson, this is, again, it's one of my, it's a, one of my least scientific things because I do this relatively scientifically with all our projections at Basketball Monster. But if someone was sending me a screenshot of their team and I saw Keldon Johnson on their roster, I wouldn't go, bro, what are you doing? Please move on. Like, if you had Guy Santos on a 12-man roster, shout out to Guy, I'd be like, bro, what are you doing? Can you move on? You must be like a Brazilian legend, but move on. Like, what are you doing? Get rid of Guy Santos. If I saw Keldon Johnson on your roster, I'd be like, all right, that's fine. And then if you showed me your waiver wire and Keldon Johnson was on it, I'd also be like, okay. I wouldn't be like, man, what a taco. Why is Keldon still available? I'd just be like, okay, makes sense. And to me, that puts that guy squarely as the complete definition of what a droppable player is. Someone that can be on a roster and you don't care, and someone that can be on the waiver wire, and you also don't care. Yeah, that's how I approach that. I've got Jaden Ivey on that list as well. I do think that the Cade Cunningham return and the, uh, let's say, suboptimal coaching in Detroit makes it really hard for him to look uh, to be a must-roster guy. Throw in his uh, regression in free-throw shooting this season as well. Again, the, the insane coaching has hurt, but to me, he's a must if Cade is out, and he's borderline if Cade is in. And the other name there is Russell Westbrook, who we thought could have a sizable role with Zubats out. It happens some games, but it doesn't happen enough. So the occasional 27-minute game when there's a lot of 20s and 18s and 21s doesn't make Westbrook a must-roster player. He's been a droppable guy since week two. Obviously, the value for him is up at the moment. But when we're looking forward, I just don't think that he has to be a guy that gets held on to. He can be, but he doesn't have to be. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. 
Pricepix is the largest daily fantasy sport platform in North America. Simple. It's easy. It's exciting. It's you up against projections. It's not you up against people with um, thousands of entries or thousands of hours of time. And there's not a thousand hours in a day, though, is there? It's not against thousands of other competitors. It's you against the projections. Simple, one-on-one. You don't have to worry about all those other people and all the pros and sharks who come to take your money. PricePix puts up a player projection for an individual stat, and you just choose more or less. You choose between two to six of those individual player projections and stats, put them into your entry, and you can win up to 25 times your entry fee back. It's simple. It's fast. They've got their reboot policy as well, where if a player gets injured in the first half and they don't return in the second half, that player gets rebooted. You don't lose out. So go to pricepix.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That is pricepix.com slash LockedOnNBA. The code is LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Pricepix is daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, let us go back to look at some of the more droppable or the other droppable players. Get that garbage out of here! In points leagues, um, some similar names here. Buddy Heald is on this list. Dennis Schroeder is on this list. Bobby Portis. I've got Grayson Allen here. Now, in a category league, I would hold Grayson Allen. Allen's value in a points league does rise if one of the big three is out. But the ceiling of his value, again, that's a a different thing. Like, obviously, in all formats, if one of Durant, Booker, or Beeler is out, Allen's value rises. But the ceiling of that in a category league is probably top 70. In a points league, it's probably top 110. And... A top 110 ceiling that needs someone to get uh, injured versus like a 150 sort of a player when they're healthy is not a must-roster guy. So again, if you're looking to clear that roster spot in your in your points league, I don't think that Grayson needs to be held there. I've got Cam Johnson on that list as well. He was very close to being on my droppable list for category leagues, but in a points league, he just isn't it. He saw a much better performance last game with Simmons back. A, can we rely on Simmons to be there all season? B, was it because Simmons was back or was it because he just had a better game? or because Dorian Finney-Smith was out. That's what we don't know. And with the way that he's played all season, and much like Grayson Allen, his value is probably 40 spots elevated in a category league versus a points league. You don't have to be holding on to Cam Johnson. And the last name is his teammate there. It is uh, Spencer Didwee. I, uh, I had Buddy Heald there. I didn't even t- talk about Buddy Heald. Sorry. Buddy Heald is not a must-roster guy in points leagues at all. In category leagues, it's really tough because what do we get? 33, 33, 14, 20, 33, 33, 14, 14, 20, 20, 20, 14, 33. I don't know how to judge his value. Rick Carlisle doesn't know how to judge his value. And again, last game, his minutes are up, but that was without McConnell and without Matherin. So if McConnell and Matherin play, does he play those 36? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. I don't, again, the upside for him, like Allen and Johnson, who you'll notice, are all very similar players who get by on efficient three-point shooting. That's their one of their main strengths. And in a points league, a default Yahoo doesn't, mean anything. It doesn't count for a single thing. Hitting extra threes or being efficient doesn't count at all. So their overall ceiling number is 40 spots probably lower in that format. And you just don't want to deal with the up and down nonsense of healed in that situation. Can you, Austin? Of course you can. Do you have to? Nah. Who have been the most added players over the last 24 hours? That is a really good question, Josh. The answer is, and I'm proud of it, Paul Reed is the number one most added player over the last 48 hours, up 28%. You'll see something weird later on when we talk about this, but yeah, he should be added. Cool. Ayo Desumu, the next one, up 24%. Desumu is a guy that in the past I have been critical of from a fantasy perspective. I also have been critical of his actual NBA upside. I think he's a very solid backup guard, and I believe that was accurate because, well, we saw he was playing like 18 minutes a night on this team as a third-string point guard. Um, but over the last four weeks... 
players have gone down. Levine's out. Williams is out. But paired with that, Dasumu has upped his play. He's been more aggressive usage-wise. His efficiency is stuck. And he's putting up numbers that he hasn't in the past. And he has improved. So we add him. That's a really simple equation. I think he's a must-roster player with those players out. And when they return, he probably won't be. If they return, he probably won't be. But they're not returning. Uh, Ken Whitmore. I talked about this at length on the recap show yesterday. I have a, I do have a big thing that I talk about is get out ahead of it. I say it all the time. Get out ahead of it. I don't agree with this one with Whitmore for a number of reasons. Someone left a comment, and I'll address it here. It's just too hard to respond to that individual comment because I'm sure that other people have the same idea. They said, Josh, you say get out ahead of it all the time. You always tell us that teams down the stretch of the season will sit guys and see what they've got from other guys. And that's true to an extent. I don't think that Houston's going to do that. I don't think that Ima Yudoka and this Rockets team that spent all of this money to get veterans in are going to say at the trade deadline, just say, all right, everyone, it's Cam Whitmore time. That's not going to happen. There are very specific situations that, that does happen in. Houston's not one of them. The other thing is, is that Whitmore's last game, he scored 12 points in four minutes, 20 points in 18 minutes, and everyone went to grab him. So but look, I saw what he was able to do with Jabari Smith out. He's, and in his two games before that were really good. That was without Smith and without Eason. But I'm telling you, he, he was that good and they gave him 18 minutes. I just don't see how this happens. I am all for getting out ahead of it. But I'm also like, why? How likely is this to maintain 12 team value? I'm not really going to shit on you too much for adding him. I wouldn't do it. I just think that that is a highly unrealistic expectation to expect him to do that. And if he was that good in that game and still played only 18 minutes, that I'm very worried about where the role sits night on night. Jaden Hardy, one of the most added players over on Yahoo. Very, very easy add. The Mavericks are without their entire starting lineup today. So Hardy is going to get a lot of shots. That is not going to last long term. Cody Martin, one of the highest added players as well. Yes, with LaMelo Ball out, with Haywood out. Martin had a really good game last time out. I don't think this is a long-term thing for Martin. Um, more of a steal specialist, but yeah, that's fine. And then DiVincenzo, well, finally 3,100 people added him, added him. They've been asleep for weeks, I'm guessing. Um, but yeah, like that's, he's still only 64% rostered, DiVincenzo. Like, come on. And it's obviously not that that many leagues have been active because 3,000 just added him. Pretty weird. Pretty weird stuff. Let's talk about the most dropped players. Get that garbage out of here. Who has made their way off rosters? Number one is the Duck, Luke Kennard, as the little screen would have showed you. Kennard has missed the last couple of games, and I get it. If we hear that Kennard is healthy, I would definitely go back and grab him. He's not a top 60 upside player, but he can give you consistent top 100 numbers. But I understand it. Being frustrated with the knee soreness, that's okay. Isaiah Stewart down 25%. Absolutely no reason to be holding on to him, I don't think. He's a guy that you stream in who has more 14-team value than 12-team, and that is it. Alec Burks, down 21%. Totally reasonable. You can stream him in, but with Cade back, it is harder to look at him as an absolute must. And then you'll see the most dropped player on Yahoo is Paul Reed. Okay, Paul Reed. That's because as soon as Embiid was announced as starting yesterday's game, people dropped Paul Reed. And I understand that. That makes total sense. And then, of course, Embiid got hurt again in that game. So people will re-add him. So that's why Paul Reed is at the top of the must-added list, and, or most-added list, and at the top of the most-dropped list. Because it actually does make sense. Andrew Nempard got dropped. Thought he was all right yesterday. Don't know why he would have been dropped after that game. But again, I don't think he's going to maintain that value. And the other one that doesn't make sense to me is Jared Vanderbilt, down almost 2,000 or over 2,000 teams. He was pretty good yesterday. I know they got smacked and I know Davis was out and I'm guessing he was added because of the schedule. But his schedule remains pretty good. I think his role is pretty good. I would not have dropped Jared Vanderbilt. 
But people did, so go and add him, I guess. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Happy Super Bowl to all of you who celebrate it from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel's made me their official spokesperson to be able to give you their salutations and say happy Super Bowl. Are you a Chiefs fan or a 49ers fan? It doesn't actually matter to watch the Super Bowl. Honestly, it's more exciting if it's your team. But Super Bowl has so many different things that people do. You get that best seat on the couch. You organize your snacks, your food. What's your Super Bowl food of choice, actually? Uh, get that all sorted out, and you can get in there and place some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. haven't really sat down and had a think about this, but I just think that I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Um, it's, it's, it's Mahomes, and I know that sounds um, just very like reductive, but how do I pick against Patrick Mahomes? Like I know the 49ers have a superior running back, superior receivers, superior defense, but the gap between Mahomes and Purdy is too big for me. So I'd be betting on Mahomes, but you can look at many other things. Who'll score a touchdown? Total points scored, spreads, other player props. It's all there. Will Debo have how many receiving yards? Whatever. It's all there on FanDuel. And new customers can get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay. Um, what do we need to get into now? Let's talk about some hot players. The guys who are in the top 100 over the last week. And this list is short because all of the other guys who are in the top 100, I've already spoken about as addable guys. But there are three names to talk about here. The first one on this list is the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. He's been on fire. Don't care. If you want to stream him in, not a problem. We have seen Harrison Barnes for years and years and years, and years. The last time that he was a fantasy-relevant player and he topped out at like top 80 was back in Dallas. So yeah, the last couple of games have been interesting, but it's absolutely not a must-roster guy. So if you have him, that's all, that's all good, and then move on if you want. The other two guys, and I talked about this with Canard before, the two guys that have been in the top 100 over the last week are Luke Canard and Lil John Concha. Okay. So yes, they missed the last game, I get it. Canard's missed a couple, but their production's been great. I, If we hear that they are back, and the Grizzlies are going to be a disgusting mess, I think, all season, but Canard and Concha, I just think, should be on rosters once we hear that that's clear of them missing from soreness last game. But they've been top 100 over that last week. There are other guys, again, like Ayo Sumu. Even Paul Reed's been a top 100 player over the last week. But I've already spoken about them at length. Let's um, talk about some injury replacements. Guys who are in the short term looking to get a bit of a bump because of other injured players. And some of those other guys we talked about are already there. Let's talk OKC, Kaysen Wallace. We know that the Bronco Jalen Williams is out today. We haven't had any update on that ankle injury, which is really frustrating. Like grade one, grade two, week out, two weeks. Don't know. Hopefully we get something. I believe that Kaysen will start. Do I believe that Kaysen will be a 12-team must? No, I, I don't. But... If I'm anything deeper, I'm interested in adding him. But they all also could go to Aaron Wiggins. They could go to uh, Pig Williams. They could go to... Um, imagine they replace Jalen Williams with Jalen Williams. They could go to Usman Jeng in that position. They could not go to Alexei Pokashevsky. So Wallace is an interesting guy who gets a bump. I don't think it's more than being a streamer. 
Precious Achua is on this list. The Knicks are beat up. There's no Randall for weeks, and there's no Ananobi. And Achua is getting a lot of minutes. But we also saw the limitations of Precious. It took him like 38 minutes or whatever it was, 36 minutes last game, to put up a midline. It was all right, but it was mid. So if he gets pushed to 25 minutes when OG returns, that's not going to be good enough for 10 or 12 team leagues. It'd be good enough for deeper leagues. Will they play him a lot at power forward? Again, I just I don't believe this guy is good at all. I, I am pretty staunch in that at this point. Maybe he improves and, and proves me wrong. I don't think that Tom Thibodeau is going to want him out there a huge amount. But we, again, Thibodeau was praising him today. Cool. That's great. Tom does, for as much criticism as, as I give Tom, because he's an easy target, he does, he's pretty supportive of his players. He, he is that in public. He's not really one to, to go out and aggressively criticize them. It is important to know that Achua played basically zero minutes at power forward at all until all their forwards are injured. So I'm not convinced that he's going to run with him over like a Josh Hart in that spot. But he's worth having for now to see where it goes. I'd much prefer DiVincenzo and Hart over him. And then uh, the other way is Quentin Grimes, who was on track for a really big game yesterday. He had 12 points in like 20 minutes. And that's going to be the debate really there, isn't it? Is that how do the minutes go? Do they go smaller and give Grimes more? Or do or does Precious get more of that playing time? Grimes is an interesting like 14-team league ad while Randall and OG are out in particular. We've got uh, Jordan Wara, who... It's been pretty good. I think Wara is a really interesting player in that he puts up juicy-looking stats. The problem is, is sometimes he has a um, how do I kindly say this? A a negligence on the defensive side of the ball, a um, a perhaps concentration deficit at times, and then coaches go get this guy out of here. That's the problem. He can score. He can put up numbers. He can rebound. He's a really good rebounder for a player of his size. He can. He's much like Aaron Neesmith. He's a shooting guard-ish sort of player who can play at the four. And with those, all those guys out, he's playing well. If they remain out, go back to water again. But long-term, I don't think it's going to be there. We've got um, Gigi Jackson. Obviously, we know the injuries in Memphis. Des Bain was at practice today. I don't know what this means. Is he going to play? Is he going to come back from a grade three ankle sprain? Which... I'll be honest with you, if he's back within six weeks from a grade three, it wasn't a grade three. Um, we'll see. But Gigi has this ability with you know, all these injuries cropping up to Vince and to Canard and to Conchar. And I think that Gigi will be at least a rotation guy every night. I don't think that it's a must in 12s, but we'll see. And the last one is Pat Beverly. While D'Anthony Melton is out and Tyrese Maxey is out, Beverly is a guy that can have 12-team value. The long-term appeal there is zero. It's not going to be a long-term thing. But while those guys are out, and they are out, he's there. Lastly, we look at some other names that are worth a discussion or worth me mentioning. We'll start with Scooter in Portland because Scoot continues to improve and then take steps back. I think that he is probably the only guy that I look at here who's just as a general rule, as a sort of stash trade deadline guy. But even then, I'm not convinced that he is going to step into clear top 100 value. Like Brogdon should get moved and Scoot should play 31 a night after the deadline. But I don't know that he does. And then if he does, is that like actually a benefit for your fantasy team? What if he averages 18 and seven with like two rebounds, one three, no steals, no blocks, 38% and 70 from the line? Like that's not a good player for category leagues. For points, it's fine. So he's worth a stash, but I'm not sure that it's going to pay off. 
I've got Andre Drummond on this list because with Patrick Williams out, with Tory Craig out, although Craig's been upgraded to doubtful today, so his return is coming. They don't have any power forwards. It's DeRozan and then it's Julian Phillips. So we get like three or four minutes of crossover with Drummond and Vooch. And 18 minutes of Drummond at least puts him into the 14-team league discussion and the 12-team stream discussion. That's it. Gary Trent's on this list because much like with Jordan Wara, those other guys um, are out quickly in Barrett and Trent is starting and he played him and uh, Bruce Brown big minutes last game. I still don't know what direction the Raptors are going. Do they want Trent in that role? Are they going to trade Trent away? Both these guys are effectively expiring contracts. They might be able to get something for either of them, but who do they want to put the minutes into? I, I honestly don't know. So Trent is sort of up and down, but not someone I'm super invested in. I've got Bilal Koulibaly on there. The minutes are fine for Bilal, but what I want to see with him is how they are giving him the minutes over Denny Avdir at the moment, prioritizing three to four extra for Bilal over Denny. We need to see a usage increase. We need to see more consistency in shooting from him. He is more of a stash guy, but again, much like Scoot, I'm not sure that it pays off. I've got Trey Murphy here as well. I don't believe you need to hold on to Trey. There's just too many ups and downs with his role, with his minutes, with how the team plays. Now, today, Zion Williamson has been downgraded to questionable with a foot issue. So yeah, Trey Murphy's worth having. But even in the games that Zion's been out this season, I wouldn't say that Trey has killed it. So I don't think that he's a must-roster guy. And lastly on this list is Andrew Wiggins. I just wanted to mention Wiggins because his last week to two weeks have been much, much better. He's shooting the three ball better. His assist rate is up. His steal rate is up. His two-point percentage is up. His free throw percentage is up. His minutes are up. Everything is up. And that's great. We add him. We use him. He's been terrible for, what are we in, week 15? He's been terrible for 12 weeks. So if you're going to, don't sit here and bash yourself up or me or any other fantasy analyst who said that Wiggins was a drop weeks ago, because he was. You can't sit on a guy that's the 350th best player for 12 weeks and expect to have a successful season. But he's turned it around, so go for it. Add him. And let's see where it goes. And that's the end of the show. Guys, head across. If you are listening on audio, head across to the video side and go on to see if you can give it a thumbs up. Hit the notification bell and leave your comments. And if you're on the video side, go download the audio. Do all those things. It helps out immensely. Guys, we're done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.